So, Al, when do I get my wave machine? Not getting one. <laughs> you don't even know how much it costs. Well, I didn't think it was important since I'm not getting one. <laughs> Al, you don't want Marcy's baby to be smarter than ours, do you? Well, Peg, our other two kids didn't have a wave machine. Look how they turned out. <laughs> fingers than I do. <laughs> uh, honey, did you try counting on both hands? Hey! Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? Whoa! No Man Presents Live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. We're back, and it's time to laugh. Come on, guys. Laugh with the ulcer. This is the Married with Children podcast. <laughs> My name is Al. And, uh, Jamie, Dan has more fingers than I do. Did you try counting on both hands? <laughs> <gasps> you, you suck. Hi, I'm Jamie. You wet your bed, so now you have to sleep in it. Oh, Jamie, why are you poking at me? They can hear us? Oh. I love the Married with Children podcast. <laughs> uh, do you love the people who listen? <laughs> of course. Good, good. That's all that matters. <laughs> we are reviewing She's Having My Baby Part 2. Al decides to run away from home when a pregnant peg becomes demanding. Season 6, Episode 2. Uh. Original air date, September 15th. 1991. The day before my birthday. Hey! And I think the last episode was two days after mine. Nice! <clears throat> yep. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Kevin Curran. Special guest stars Monty Hoffman as bartender, Joey Segal, Katie Segal's brother, as Man with Nose. <laughs> Lisa, <laughs> Lisa Saxton. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll get a button. To you. <laughs> what the hell? Is that porn? Okay. No. <laughs> That's what it would have been for mine. She has the baby monitor on. <laughs> uh, Lisa, yeah, we can't gloss over this name. Lisa Saxton as Girl Vendor. <sighs> so she's selling girls? She Yes. I wish she was selling those girls. Cindy Pass, a girl I would not pass on, uh, as Girl Dancer, a.k.a. Legs. I was going to say, all you see are her legs. How do you know? She could be a Butter Legs. <laughs> I'm just going to take my... I'm going to roll the dice on that one. I just feel confident. <laughs> Last week on Married with Children, Marcy had a little announcement. Jefferson and I... Are pregnant. Al was the first to congratulate the happy couple. (laughs) Yeah, Al was happy until... I'm pregnant! (laughs) The family rejoiced together. Bad daddy. Bad, bad, bad. 
what you did wasn't bad enough. But with our mother, for God's sake. Jefferson is the perfect husband. Here it is. I drove 50 miles, holding it up so the cherries didn't settle on the bottom. And Al couldn't do enough for Peggy. Al, get me some water. <laughs> and now, Mary with even more children continues. So that was the recap of part one of this two-parter. And, of course, I have to watch that thing I hate again where Peg keeps shrugging her shoulders and smiling and tilting her head and holding her belly. God, I'd love seeing that over and over again. <laughs> Al's reading this bizarre magazine of a pregnant father? I mean, how creepy is that dude on the cover? <laughs> right? What is it, 2019? <laughs> oh, do you guys remember when that happened? No. That happened? Oh. I saw a picture of the guy. There, Yeah, there was a guy, and it it wasn't... He was a transgender. Oh. So then um, he became pregnant after he had decided to identify as a man. Now, was it okay at this time to call him trannies? I don't know if that's ever been okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's ma'am. <laughs> it's ma'am! <laughs> Wait... Is that a derogatory way of saying it? I mean, it's just a shortened term. Transvestite. Don't, right? You don't have, yeah, you don't have to necessarily mean it derogatorily, I guess. Well, why are you saying it's not okay? Most of the times, people say it. It's trans. It's transgender. It's derogatory most of the time. Oh, okay. Oh. oh. Well, then no, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's ma'am. Well, I don't know about you kids, but. Uh... I'm really happy about the new baby. The gods must be on a roll, huh? Must be playing another round of Can You Top This? Want to start out? Let's make him a shoe salesman. Another one said, Let's give him a redhead. Another one, probably a cruel, hungover god, said, I know, I know. Let's have him not eat, yet not starve. Yes, Daddy, but the gods showed you they loved you when they gave you us. Yeah, well, give them gods a miller. <laughs> Can someone please tell me how this happened? Well, Dad, when the ovum is embedded securely in the wall of the uterus, <laughs> after about two or three days of swimming, if properly positioned, penetrates the wall of the egg. And then the stork comes and it's a baby. <laughs> So Kelly still believes in storks. Of course she does. Why not? And that makes perfect sense. What's she going to read about it somewhere else? <laughs> do, do you guys remember what you believed or what your parents told you if you ever asked about pregnancy? I personally never really had that conversation. Um, I do remember um, finding out that Santa Claus wasn't real and that destroyed me. That's the closest thing that I've ever had to a conversation like that, though. Hmm. I never had that conversation. I already knew about it when I was really young, thanks to my stepsisters and my stepbrother. <laughs> I don't even I don't think my mom ever even asked me if I had any questions or anything like that. It just was never brought up. Right. Yeah, I really didn't have much curiosity about it. I remember, though, um, when I was in high school, um, I was a freshman in high school and a girl had gotten pregnant. And that's when it felt real. <laughs> like, oh, wow, this can happen as a result. And so that's when I remember actually, like, starting to pay attention in health class. 
I was like, whoa, what now? What do I have to be responsible for? Exa- right, exactly. Yeah, so that's when it became real for me. There was a girl, when I was in the seventh grade, there was a girl who was in my class who was had gotten pregnant with her second baby. What? In what grade? Seventh. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I, I grew up in the hood. Oh, that's right. So did I. And you're right, this did happen. Wow. I could just picture Jamie in the back, like, with Michelle Pfeiffer at the helm. <laughs> what's, that, what's, what's that song? Uh... Minute after minute, hour after hour. <laughs> <laughs> but in all matters except vandalism and fashion, I want you to be in charge of educating the baby. <laughs> yeah, you do the crime, you do the time. <laughs> I feel like Exxon. One spill, I'm paying for it the rest of my life. The Exxon Valdez oil spill is now 30 years old. Happened on March 24th, 1989. Uh, The oil tanker Exxon Valdez, I guess they have a bunch of tankers, that's what that one's name was, just entered Alaska's Prince William Sound. After departing the Valdez Marine Terminal full of crude oil... At 12.04, the ship struck a reef, tearing open the hull and releasing 11 million gallons of oil into the environment. How crude. (laughs) It was crude oil. (laughs) Like what? It it didn't have any couth? It didn't have any manners. (laughs) (laughs) This oil is very crude, but listen, everyone's rough around the edges. Eventually, more than 1,000 miles of coastland were fouled. And hundreds of thousands of animals perished. Exxon ended up paying billions in cleanup costs and fines and remains tied up in court cases to this day. Really? Wow. Yeah. How is... (laughs) Wait, wait. So how is Exxon, like, still surviving? I don't know. Right? I guess they make so much it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, that's probably just a a, uh, drop in the ocean. Wow. Uh, (laughs) That's why I'm here, folks. (laughs) The captain, Joseph Hazelwood, was acquitted of being intoxicated while at the helm. (laughs) Thank God I could never be accused of being intoxicated at the helm. Get with it. But convicted on a misdemeanor charge of negligent discharge of oil, fined $50,000, and sentenced to 1,000 hours of community service. (laughs) The oil has mostly disappeared from view. Many Alaskan beaches remain polluted to this day. Wow. Wow. Crude oil buried just inches below the surface. See, that goes to show what kind of impact even what we think is, I mean, obviously that was a monumental disaster, but it's not the kind of thing that you expect to be around for 40 years, but that just goes to show the kind of impact that we have as humans. Right. Right. 30 years later, here we are. I mean, what what if Bosco was in that? Yeah, what if he was swimming by? Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. Steve would have never had the chance to kill him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or it would have uh, acted as a secret ooze and transformed him into something greater. <clears throat> wow. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if ooze, secret ooze, interacted with a turtle, what it would become? <laughs> hey, Bosco. Never pay full price for late pizza. 
<laughs> if only someone had explored that possibility. That would be so cool. If only. My whole childhood would be different. <laughs> but I'm not surprised, by the way, though, because, I mean, look at as of even right now in 2019, um, the, uh, the whole water situation, even in Flint, like we can barely keep it together as a as a species. Right. I'm not surprised that an oil spill happened. And and yeah, I'm sure we tried to clean it up. But <laughs> like, it doesn't surprise me at all that there were mass animal casualties. I think Jonathan Orr drinks that water. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, it explains a lot. <laughs> Let's finish setting up this intercom. What intercom? Oh, the one mom wants us to put in every single room so you can't have one moment's peace. <laughs> Sorry, Daddy, you wet your bed, now lie in it. <laughs> well, I guess I'll turn on the TV. At least I can't reproduce. Damn shame. <laughs> but thank God I don't have to hear any more talk about babies. Nano, nano, you're pregnant, Mindy. <laughs> what a lovely baby. Where'd you find it, Hoss? What's that you say, Lassie? Our cow just had a baby and you ate the placenta? And I love how they, like, trample on all these classics. Like, <laughs> Lassie. That's the kind of joke that gets a zillion percent forgiveness, you know? Like, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, wow. What's the odds that everything Al turns on today, you know, (laughs) as baby stuff? No, no, that's just fine. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Peg and Marcy come in and it's still 100% baby talk. And and that's totally true to real life. Yes. I was hanging out at this, my buddy's house. Like, we used to hang out all the time on weekends. His chick found out she was, like, pregnant on a Thursday and I swear to God, there was not another topic right. for four days. Yep. I felt I had to squeeze in edgewise, like, do you want to order something to eat? <laughs> like, can we talk about anything else? Like, is it okay if we eat between the baby talk? <laughs> Alex is like, you guys are about as cool as a bag of dead babies on Mother's Day. <laughs> well, it is a life-changing event. It is. But I know what you're talking about, too, Alex, how <laughs> it doesn't just seep into the conversation like the oil did. Like, it, it, it just consumes it and, and completely overtakes everything to where you're just kind of looking around like, really? Really? And just so you know, like, this doesn't end. This goes on for the whole nine months. And once this kid's born, it's still 50% of what you talk about for the next 10 years. I would say it's even more than that. It's probably, like, doubled. It's like 200%. Once the kid's born. Are you going to pick the kid up? Is he at the daycare? Is he with your mother? Is he here? Do we have a babysitter for Sunday? Did you heat up the milk? Did you change his diaper? Is he sleeping on his back or his stomach? Did he say anything yet? Did he get in a fight with one of the kids at school? Did he make sure he got on the bus? Did he get the gum out of his hair? Is he still throwing up? Does he still have a fever? (laughs) Like, it's unbelievable. Right. My baby. Her baby. El Nino. the baby psychic she was amazing for starters she knew that i felt bloated had morning sickness and that my nipples hurt i didn't think that was possible with innies 
Don't you want to hear what the psychic had to say about our baby? Oh, please, Peg. Can't we hear more about Marcy's nipples? <laughs> <laughs> the kids hook up the intercoms, and <laughs> Al, Peg, and Marcy hear the whole conversation <laughs> downstairs, unbeknownst to them. Everyone loves the baby. God, I hate the baby. I hate mom. <laughs> I mean, you can't blame dad. He's a stupid animal, but mom knew what she was doing. That is just unbelievable. I did like, though, um, <laughs> you know... But in Kelly's response to this, like, they just completely turned on both of them. <laughs> and I found it hilarious. Like, they were just ruthless to their parents. Like, they did not like this 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 thing that went down at all. No. Nope. Not, like, why would you? Yeah, it's money out of their pockets. Uh, Kelly, is that button on? Of course not. One says on and one says off. How stupid do you think I am? Uh, well, I, for one, love the baby. What do you mean? Why are you poking at me, gnome? Oh, they can hear us? I love the baby, too. And I really, really, really love Mom. Which damn button is on? Why do they have to both start with an O? And just for the record, we all know that Kelly cannot tell the difference between on and off. And when did we learn that and how? Remember? It said O something. It was the, uh, wasn't it, when Bud got electrocuted? Yes. Oh. Oh, that wasn't even that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was, uh, do you think I'm sexy? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, <That's> uh... <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so then Al says, and soon there'll be three. <laughs> like, how perfect is that? Because... You know, Peg's all excited about this, and Al's the realist. And normally you say, oh, the realist is just like a fancy word or um, a word realists make up to make themselves look better, and they call it that, but it's really the pessimist. But mm. the realism is, and he looks at her and says, and, and soon there'll be three. Like, you want this? Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> Calling it, like, exactly like it is, yeah. Right. These are your two kids. What do you think? Something different's going to happen this time? Right, right. Well, according to her, it's going to. (laughs) She's going to give them everything that the others didn't have. Right. I wish Jefferson was here. Rub my belly. He's my husband and he's rubbing my belly. I'm not rubbing any occupied bellies. I'm a human being. Soon I'll be partying like 1999. <laughs> so that was a big Prince song, 1999, and that came out in 82 on the album of the same name. And that is the last thing he would do before he had an epiphany and made uh, what many people call a perfect album from beginning to end in Purple Rain. Shoot the J. Shoot it. And I, I agree. I think Purple Rain is a perfect album, actually. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, yeah. 
Yep, you can hear it's that's the perfect album to get on vinyl because you could just play the whole thing and there's nothing you're gonna say is boring or uninteresting and you want to skip like literally not a single note, believe it or not. Mm. Marcy wants Al to rub her belly as well. Al rubs both of their bellies at the same time. Now, how, what did you think of that? Were you surprised that Marcy wants Al rubbing her belly? The most repulsive human being on earth to her? Um, yes. <laughs> I also think, though, that the actual rubbing that was going on was completely ineffective on both bellies. <laughs> How does that feel? Like he's just like it's just like a tiny little spot. It's like it's it's around the circumference of the belly button. Right. Yeah, like how is that provide Well, they even admitted that it's not actually providing any comfort. And it it was interesting to see Marcy eventually just break down and say, you know, no, I'd rather have Jefferson do right. it. Right. Cuz I was curious as to why she's content with Al doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you that know? was very odd. But then again, they've had this awkward closeness in in a few episodes now, um, going back to the famous Bosco episode, even yeah, which I all love, all of it. Yep, of course, yes. Yeah, so, so that it while it's like kind of out of character, it's not. If that makes sense, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It was cool. And I love how he even like crossed his arms. Like he didn't just right. put because you know if he put his arms just out to each chick, he would have eventually. Uh, inadvertently rub their breasts with his elbows. <laughs> you know what's, the, you know what's funny about that rubbing though. Like I actually, I was like, why is he crossed up like that? That's so weird. So I actually physically did it with my arms. <laughs> like it just, you know, crossed. Yeah, I'm over. doing it right now. Look. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I, 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 yeah. So I was wondering if you guys did the same thing. Now I know. But um, yeah, completely <laughs> ineffective. I don't know what, what he was thinking. Oh yeah, it's just to say you did it. Right. Isn't this nice? You should have Jefferson do this. You can just feel the fatherhood flow through you. Al, I don't feel the fatherhood flowing through me. Well, you may not have felt it, but it's obviously there. (laughs) That's not the first time he said that to me. That's that. That was like such an obvious joke, though. That was coming. That that was like that's what she said. Joke, right? You know, did either of you ever have a sexual experience where you didn't know if you were inside or if he was inside of you? Have you ever looked down to see if the guy was inside of you? The guy for me or for Jamie? No, no, I kind of know. You've always known, so that's like a joke that just really doesn't. Yeah, but um, my best friend though, um, when we were young and she was dating a guy, she's like, she comes to me and she goes. I don't think I'm a virgin anymore. <laughs> and I said, I said, how do you not know? <laughs> and she's right. Like, she's like, well, I think he was in there. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> how do you not know? <laughs> if you have to think about it, it definitely didn't happen. That's what I said. Right. <laughs> well, I remember like my first time. I swear everything went numb, but I really think I did it. It was in the dark and under covers, and you just uh, don't look, and you just kind of do. So, <laughs> start humping away. Yeah, yeah, and you wonder like what if you're just rubbing up against her, if you're in there. Like, it really is a thing to not know sometimes. Yeah, 
I've heard this too. I've actually heard someone else say it. Well, I actually remember um, when I was reading the Patricia Cornwell book about Jack the Ripper and she was going into like historical stuff about prostitutes at the time. <laughs> and she was saying that often what they would – Bob Kraft would do what? They would <laughs> – Often what they would do is stand like face away from the guy. Right. The but the men would be so drunk that they would just be going between their thighs and they wouldn't know they wouldn't know any different. Right. Yep. Okay. Well there you go. Sometimes you really just don't know. Uh so now they start talking about all the gross things they want to eat, and we already went over that. God, he's depressing. I want Jefferson. So do I. So do I. <laughs> well, at least he'll be here soon. He's out getting me a wave machine. At the Baby Expo at the $100 and over booth, we learned that babies like the sound of water. Al, I want a wave machine. Oh, Peg, I think the baby's getting plenty of waves. What with the turbulence of the daily arrival of your four Grand Slam breakfast? <laughs> When do I get my wave machine? Not getting one. <laughs> you don't even know how much it costs. Well, I didn't think it was important since I'm not getting one. Well, you don't want Marcy's baby to be smarter than ours, do you? Well, Peg, our other two kids didn't have a wave machine. Look how they turned out. <laughs> Mom, Bud has more fingers than I do. <laughs> uh, honey, did you try counting on both hands? Hey! <laughs> like, God, is Kevin Curran a genius or something? <laughs> How do you write something that's stupid and amazing at the same time? <laughs> it's revolutionary, I know. Well, no, I, I loved it too because it was just like. Like, I love how they could just keep going back to that well. And it's just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. But yet it always works. Like, it's so stupid. Right. Like, when she says it, it, like, actually takes you a second. And then you just start cracking up. It's like, it's hilarious. Like, she's so stupid. And I love Peg's reactions. Because Peg, although she's so, you know, cuckoo. But she seems like the grounded, level-headed one in in weird instances and definitely in the reactions to Kelly's stupidity she seems like that mm-hmm. she seems like oh my god did my daughter just say that this can't be real like are you really that stupid <laughs> she she comes off like that you know yeah so her reaction is always a sought after one right right so that's why i really like it now jamie being a kelly lover which we all are but uh since you like her for other reasons than dan and i Maybe. How do you feel? Do you feel bad for Kelly or you just love that she's living in a state of bliss? I don't feel bad for her. I think it's funny. It's, right. She doesn't know. Right. It's bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Like, I argue with you guys with that with the animal thing. I still don't agree with you that it's better to lay around on a someone's legs when they rub your stomach instead of enjoying Stranger Things season two. Sorry, I just think that's more, there's more the substance is more Wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) What happened? Remember how you guys think that it's better to be a dumb animal than it is to be a human and enjoy things? What the hell does that have to do with Stranger Things (laughs) 2? Because 
you can't enjoy anything. You said it's just Oh, but no, you can enjoy things. You enjoy the no. simple things in life. It's too simple. No. Well, some th- you don't know any better, though, so why would it be bad? Like, I'm looking at Fester right now. He is so happy, just curled up and sleeping. You know? He doesn't know. Right, but don't you think a guy right now at a Soundgarden concert is a lot happier? Oh, wait, no. the guy. Oh, no. Bad example. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, who's alive right now? Nobody. Everybody's I can't think. Who would ever use that as an example anyway? Like, even when they were relevant. Because <laughs> I was going to say Nirvana, and then I was going to say. Oh, okay. You're just going down the line. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going down all these dead. I was going to say Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, who didn't kill himself? Come on. <laughs> Holy. Oh, wait, I meant in excess. No, I meant um <laughs> Millie Vanilli. <laughs> no, I meant I meant crisscross. Oh wait. <laughs> Jesus Christ, who did <laughs> Millie Vanilli? <laughs> now that's not because they didn't have a wave machine. That's because your parents were brother and sister. <laughs> is not true. They just started to look alike when mom's hair fell out. <laughs> I could stop laughing at that. <laughs> I really, really, really wish that we had gotten to see her mom at some point. Right? <laughs> I mean, I know it would kind of ruin the illusion and blah, blah, blah. But I, I just, I, I would, I want to see it. Well, all you got to do, apparently, is add uh, look at her father and add, like, 300 pounds, and that's the model. <laughs> they could have done something cool, though, like, you just see the back of her or something, like uh, like Wilson on the fence. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Something. Well, we saw her shadow, I think, right? <laughs> the groundhog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many more weeks do we have of this crap? <laughs> so... Wave machine. It's only $329. Oh, thank you, God. That's exactly the price of my socket wrench set. <laughs> you know, this is amazing. You are actually going to tell me that you would rather spend that money on a socket set than on the fruit of your loins. Well, thank you. No, I've had my heart set on that socket. Oh, oh well, yeah. now look what you've done. I'm crying. And so is the baby. <laughs> Al's face expression of terror is priceless when mm. when he has to do this. When they both start crying too, you you always, you you already know that like clearly Al Bundy's life is <laughs> just horrible. <laughs> he is not happy with his situation at all. And then you, <laughs> you add a baby to it; it's literally hell for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I like what Jamie said. She said that the typical sitcom trope. Is that when you're floundering, you throw a baby in the mix, and that's supposedly gonna, you know, recharge the show and get people's interest. But let's point out the fact, I think we already did last show, but I just want to reiterate, though, that this isn't because of that, necessarily. No, I mean, they were coming off a very strong season. They were still at the height of their popularity. Yeah. This happens next season, but in this season... Uh, they only did this because Katie Segal got pregnant, and they didn't think to say, 
well, I guess you're not going to be on the show till that goes that bump goes away, you know? That's what's going on in the house. Al cannot do it anymore. He says he's leaving, and Peg thinks he's going to buy this wave machine. And instead, Al goes to a bus terminal bar where girls dance on tables. <laughs> <laughs> not the nudie bar, though. No, we're not here yet. Nope. But I will bring that up in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, that's awesome. Uh, what do you guys think of this place? I love this bar. It is cozy looking. You know, I, I also think, too, that um, <laughs> to uh, obviously it's a strip club. But stuff like that surrounded, you know, like or near an airport <laughs> is actually a really smart idea. I remember going to Logan Airport in Boston and they had like so much stuff there. They had – um. They had, like, a place where you can go get massages. They wow. just had, like, everything. Um, and I just thought, like, oh, wow, like, I just wouldn't have thought about something like that. But um, if you think about it, the people that travel a lot, too, it's all about convenience at that point. You don't want to have to go drive far to, to you know, get all the comforts of home, so to speak. So, um, like Al said, like, it's perfect. Like, when you get a layover, when you're waiting to get away from your wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> to leave your wife, like it's it's perfect. It's it's a perfect uh, buffer because layovers are the worst too. Just having to sit there for hours and hours. So yeah, strip clubs perfect. Yeah, the most exciting thing I've gotten to do during a layover is watch some guy do yoga. <laughs> really? Oh my god! And then yeah, and he, but it was gross though because like he was all barefooted and like smearing his feet all over the furniture and everything. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I saw a black guy in short shorts dancing roller skates. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> he was he was good though. He was good. I think alcohol solves everything. I, just, I was just gonna say I've always just gotten drunk. Right. Yeah. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I've gotten so many situations where th- that was my go-to, and I got to tell you, it's, it's really changes everything. You got to be careful, though, because you can get so drunk that they won't let you on the plane. <laughs> so I've heard. I, it's never happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, Jamie. So what'd you end up doing? <laughs> Did you walk? <laughs> yeah, like, um, no, I'm really good at faking it. I could just put on, like, a poker face and be like, Who am I? Hi, how you doing? I'm just here for the the flight. Where's my seat? <laughs> I'm just here for like, the peanuts. Yeah, I'm here for the yeah. <laughs> now I I uh I flew first class one time and I was already drunk. That guy on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's a man out there. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like li- I literally went to a bar while my iPhone was getting its battery replaced. Yep. I went to a bar when I was getting speakers in my truck. Yep. I was upgrading the speakers. Like literally anything you're waiting for (laughs) (laughs) like one time the guy had to get the shoes out from the back the sizes i picked and i went to the bar while he was doing that nice yeah then he came out i wasn't there (laughs) uh do you have any size 10s yeah i'll be right back i walk right out (laughs) okay let's go to the bar he's gonna be like seven minutes I'm not. I'm not waiting that long, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I am not I'm waiting. waiting around for this. <laughs> 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 
Another one body. God, what a great place. I mean, it's genius. A bar hooked up to the public address system at the bus terminal so you don't miss your connection for leaving your wife. Don't forget about the cheap bimbos. They give the place class. So, uh, where you headed, pal? Oh, I don't know. Some place where there's a lot of girls and no women. Oh, L.A. <laughs> the hooters on this chick selling hair dye and fake mustaches. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, everybody's dying to know. So, I'll just break the good news. You can find her naked. Her name is Lisa Saxton, as we said. Not- You're going to like this little uh, filmography. She only has seven credits, but that's all she really needs. She's been in Bikini Blitz. She's been in Playboy, A Hundred and Ways to Excite Your Lover. She's been in Playboy, Fast Women. She's been in The Forbidden Dance, Dream On. Married with Children, twice. With uh, the other episode being Looking for a Desk in All the Wrong Places, which we'll get to this year, oh, this season. Nice. Yep. Her name was Bathsheba in that one. Now, does she live in L.A.? Because if she does, I'm going to go find her and I'm going to be the big white hooter hunter. Mm. She most likely does, Dan. Nice. She's been on Baywatch, Ring of Fire, Night Eyes, too. And she's been in Together. Not like you think I'm spelling it with my word, but it's T-W-O, Gather, as Naked Lady in Bed. Not a big fan of Night Eyes 1. Yeah, Night Eyes 1 wasn't that good. When they got to the sequel, that's when everything really fleshed out. No pun intended. It just really just got kind of silly. It felt very cheap to me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you look at her naked, my observation is that I'm not big on her hooters while she's standing up. (laughs) They just seem boxy to me. (laughs) Like a Volvo? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't like them. But then there are scenes... When she's laying in bed, and she's wet, and they look good. So I like her more horizontal. (laughs) Shocker. When she's naked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's not even what I meant, but I'm serious. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. So check that out. Uh, all these guys are leaving their wives in this bus terminal. Like, and it, they apparently seem, seemingly are doing it for sort of the same reason. Or, you know, the bartender alludes to something like that. Hey, you want to hear a sad story? <laughs> My wife's having another baby, and I think it's mine, the end. Hey, buddy, you gonna let go of that dollar? Oh, I'm sorry, here you go. Al has a whole um, evolution here. He goes from prolonging the release of a dollar bill to eventually a fishing line attached to one. (laughs) Like, he wouldn't let go of that dollar. (laughs) And this chick was getting annoyed. Uh, That was Cindy Pass. She's been on Full House, Bikini Island. Only once, Married with Children, this one episode, and she's iconic. Like, you see people do artwork of Al in between those legs, looking up with the dollar in his hand, just saying, so you know. <laughs> this is iconic. <laughs> no, seriously. I'll show you. Uh, somebody should post it this week. Yes. She's in Desperate Motive, Renegade. She was in Wishmaster, NYPD Blue, Frasier. 
Yeah, I just did a uh, show on Wishmaster. Cut to the chase. Check it out. Just don't post it beneath the link for this show. <laughs> now, the last thing she was in was Her Married Lover. And that was 1999. And I did, when I typed in her name, one of the things they suggested was Cindy Pass Death. Now, I don't think she's really dead because there's no verification on it. And when you look at, you try to find her naked, I'm not sure I'm looking at her naked. It's like so unclear if it's her that's naked. You you would think that you'd be a pro at this by now, Al. I know. <laughs> so, but I don't want to put my uh, reputation on the line. So I'm going to say, <laughs> go do your own thing and let me know how, you t- how it turned out. <laughs> My next door neighbor's having a baby too. God, what a weenie. Even has a weenie name Jefferson. Mr. Perfect. Waiting on his third face of a wife. I'll tell you something when that guy rolls over in bed in the morning and has to look at that. Jefferson. I was just talking about the neighbor on the other side. His name you know, Jefferson. He's having a baby too. Think about that. <laughs> so Al insults Jefferson to Jefferson. Now, which one of you two did not realize that was Jefferson? I knew all along. Okay. Jamie, Jamie did you know? I <laughs> uh, no, I did not. Really? You couldn't tell by his wavy hair? Well, when we focused on him, yes, but I mean, right. um, I didn't. Re- I didn't know he was there prior to that. Is what I'm saying. You know, as horrible as Al is and stuff like that, um, with with Jefferson and their relationship, I think that he's just come to terms with whether he really likes Al or not. Um, <laughs> they're neighbors and they're gonna be friends, so he tries to embrace it like the best he can, and that's why he was—he probably just didn't care. He's like, whatever. He's like, I'm drunk. He was like, I know I can kick this guy's ass. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know though. Al seems kind of tough. I've seen him do some stuff. So. Uh, I don't know about that, but that this might spark a whole new debate. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Al versus Jefferson. We're still trying to uh, get over Steve here, but um, yeah. but yeah, no. I, I also think too that it's just one of those things where he knows that it it would be better. For, it would be smarter for him um, to befriend Al because they both have bigger problems. <laughs> yeah, we have bigger fish to fry. Exactly. You know. So it's so cool that Jefferson was there at this bar. Yeah. And he was ready to head for the hills. Mm-hmm. That gives him the edge that we like. Right. Right. You know, because Steve would have never done this. No, never. 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 So it gives this likability factor subconsciously. Yep. That we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you doing here? I'm running like a river when the snow melts. <laughs> it was the baby expo, Al. It broke me. You should have seen it. There was nothing but acres of fat, pregnant women wearing keds. <laughs> do you remember keds? No. Yes. Jamie, I knew you do. Yes. Because that was more of our thing, like in the 80s, right? Yeah. I had some. What are they? I don't even know. It's just um, like tennis shoes. They actually had been around for a very long time. They got a resurgence um, 
when we were teens, kind of like the, um, uh, kind of like the, oh, what do you call the, uh, what do you Oh, call? oh, uh, Converse Chuck Taylors? Yeah, yes. That That's exactly so what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah uh, they got a resurgence just like the <laughs> Chuck Taylors did. What is this? You guys are weird. Don't ever say I'm a bad host. I also oh, had boy. Chuck Taylors, and like my friend and I would, we would get separate pairs and then we would switch shoes so like she got a pink pair and i got a blue pair and then we would switch shoes so that we each had a blue and a pink yeah the only (laughs) downside was she was a size nine jamie was size seven yeah so i was flopping around in one big clown shoe Uh, no, but Keds have been around since 1916, and you could still buy them today if you want to, if your wife is pregnant, or you're pregnant. <laughs> They're very comfortable. <laughs> Why are you running, Al? Can you look at me and seriously ask that? <laughs> you don't take an oxen that's been working with his yoke for 20 years, take the yoke off, and then say, oh, just kidding. Here's a heavier yoke for you, old fella. Toss it on and rub my belly. You should rub the belly I've been rubbing. I have. What you watching? Nothing. I'm just listening to Mom eat on the intercom. Excuse me, is there anybody down there? My bucket of tapioca is empty. Oh, bud, look what we've become. Putting slaves to Mount Mom. Bucket O, yeah. My bucket O tapioca is empty. (laughs) And they shovel it. And that was a flat shovel. Yes, that was very ineffective. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like like that was literally two bowls worth. And when you're giving someone a trough, I think they expect at least half of it. (laughs) Just when you're giving someone a trough, just an everyday thing. Yeah, you know when that happens, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, I've never, not only have I not had tapioca out of a trough, but I've never had it, period. Uh, me neither. And the only time I ever heard of tapioca was in the movie Christmas Story when Santa <laughs> throws the girl down the slide. He goes, I hate the smell of tapioca. <laughs> I love how, uh, what was it, um, <laughs> Alex, your, <laughs> your wife was live the other day. Right. You, you guys are just go, and I see the Christmas story lamp in the background, the <laughs> leg. <laughs> like, that'll just never get old. It's just like, <laughs> just like this nice ad. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I decided that um, due to the price of this lamp, that it's not going to be a December thing. It'll be a winter thing for us. So I mm. put it back up in the attic every... Uh... Why don't you just make it an all-the-time thing? Right? I don't know. I, I kind of like taking it back out for it's Christmas. It's like special. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I actually enjoy doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really like this little exchange, though. This moment with Bud and Kelly. Because Kelly asks Bud, do you want to go to a movie? You know, because they're both going through something right now. Right, right. They're siblings, and they're, you know, Kelly's not out with her cool friends or dating a hot guy or uh, salt water. And Bud's not just trying to get chicks and just trying to be cool with his buddies that you have not seen in, like, two seasons. (laughs) He's got no friends. (laughs) (laughs) He has no friends. So they have this moment where Kelly wants to hang out with Bud and just get out of the house. 
You want to go to a movie? I can't. You know, I checked that box under my bed. Mm-hmm. Someone stole all my money. And I love Bud's reaction for so many reasons. He is not even in the least bit suspicious right. <laughs> that Kelly was the one. Yeah, right. Because obviously she knows the box when he said, right. you know that box under my bed? She goes, yeah. yeah. Yet he never really thought, he didn't like, you know, a couple seasons ago we would have had, you know, this childish sort of like relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Where he would just instantly accuse her, right. but he just didn't know who did it, and he didn't think anything about it. Right. So let's talk about how Bud says that, and then the screen flips, and it's Al giving the dancer, you know, obviously Bud's money. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that when the Bundys are ever somewhere that can't be just a sound stage or whatever you call it, mm-hmm. I always feel... That they're showing the live audience a uh, projection screen of of whatever they filmed. Uh, and while I agree with that, and I, you're probably right, but I would rather take that, even a fake laugh track, to be perfectly honest with you, over how some do it with no laugh track whatsoever. They, they'll take it out. Like okay. if they're on location. Um, right. I, there is no laugh track. Did right. Saved by the Bell do that? Um, when they went on vacation? On the beach episodes? Uh, I feel like they still laughed during the beach episodes. Okay, alright. But do you know what I'm talking about? Because that, that happened a lot, and it would be so noticeable, and it would take me right out of it. But it does flip to Al giving singles to that pair of legs on top of the table. Now, Al would never peel off bills that fast. Right. And that will be be confirmed in the episode Rites of Passage, which is like the second half of the season. It's a very big episode. Yeah? Regarding our show, yeah. Hmm. Or, I mean, our show. Right. Oh, yeah. Al and Jefferson talk at the bar. They're drinking Budweiser. That's made apparently clear. And even even with dialogue. Anheuser Bush. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Al. Al. Look, just because we're leaving our pregnant wives alone to fend for themselves without a cent in the world, that doesn't make us bad people, does it? <laughs> Many's the great American before us who have skipped out in the needy. Take, for example, the rifleman. He knew not to hang out with his wife. You know, I always suspected that's who he was blowing to smithereens before the start of each show. <laughs> Hey guys, want to represent the Marrow Children podcast? Go to tpublic.com, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Just go to the search bar and type in Married With Children Podcast. They have everything you need to rep your favorite podcast, tank tops, long sleeve shirts, baseball t-shirts, crew necks, hoodies. They even have these in kid sizes, phone cases for all different styles and sizes. Laptop case, stickers, wall art, notebooks, mugs, pillows, tote bags, travel mugs, you name it. They got it all, guys. And for great prices, go to tpublic.com for all your Married with Children podcast representational needs. 
You know, Al, I've been thinking. I mean, I'm almost done with the first trimester. Now, what if the worst is over and it's all good from now on and we miss out on it? Huh? You know, I'm finally starting to understand how she got you. Let me explain something to you. There is no such thing as a trimester. There's actually just one long 40-year-mester. Of course, uh, then when they get pregnant, it turns into what I call the mini-mester. You know, that's, you got your fat-mester, your, you got your puke-mester. Lord help us, you got your horny-mester. That's when I left. So, Al, where are you going to go to? Somewhere where shoe men run wild and free. <laughs> where never is heard an impregnated word. And the hooters are uncovered all day. That's beautiful, Al. That's beautiful. Monocles, family trees. Go. Gentlemen, would you like to be somebody? Your shirt. Uh, how much for an ex-football player with a cool name? $200. What can I get for a buck? She sells men named Al. Like, this is so great because everyone knows how ridiculous all this is. All these guys being there, the fact that they're buying fake mustaches and beards out of vending machines. But... It's just like what they do so that nobody acts like this is stupid. And that's um, a quintessential married with children thing that they're doing now where it's basically just tailoring the world to the Bundys. <laughs> like right. whatever the episode calls for, no matter how ridiculous it is, actually it's kind of predicated upon its ridiculousness. That's where the comedy comes from. Right. Like the chances of that – like what do you – like it just makes no sense and it's just so yeah. stupid that it's Could funny. this place ever exist? Right. 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 Jamie, what did you think of the performance of the girl who Jefferson said he would like to be her shirt? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, he was staring at a rack the whole time. Well, of course he was. <laughs> yeah. When Al's asking her uh, about the fake IDs, how much is an ex-athlete with a cool name, she says – I mean – Totally with a straight face. Oh, $200. Then he says, how about it for like $1? She goes, a shoe salesman named Al. But she does it where she's not even giving into the joke. She's living her reality. Either that or she didn't even know what show she was on and she was just talking. (laughs) (laughs) Either one would be believable. (laughs) See, I was going to compare her to a young Helen Hunt. You just killed it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway. <laughs> you can compare me to a young Helen Keller because I didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. <laughs> this is uh, one of those shows. You strike me as a young Meg Ryan myself. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, how much would you like to have been her shirt? <laughs> I want to come back as a button on her blouse. I mean, yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. Even though they're boxy, in the shirt, they may be subtle as well as they do when she's lying down. <laughs> hey, I'll pick my own name, huh? <laughs> my new name will be, um, Bazooka Joe. 
Damn. Wish I'd thought of that before I decided on Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> yep, the Bushmeister's going to Seattle. <laughs> join up with some friends that have a lobster boat, and I'm gonna be the mighty fisherman. <laughs> How about you, Al? Going to L.A., gonna be the big white hooter hunter. <laughs> I'd rather be a hooter hunter myself. Mm-hmm. Us to Seattle, now leaving 8-11. Well, back to the wives? Yep, back to the wives. Yeah, but if she has another baby in the next 18 years, I swear I'm going. Me too. <laughs> I'm going home. Can I have my dollar back? Here's five. Take a cab. That was weird, right? Like, he asked, can I have a buck back or something? And she gave him five and says, get a cab. Now, did Al say that he walked there? Like, why would he get a cab? Why wouldn't he just get back in his Dodge and drive home? I thought that was an odd line myself. I was expecting her to say something like, you know, here's, here's five, you need it more than I do. Or here's five. Like, basically, some way that she felt sorry for him. What am I, Canadian? Did you guys hear that? <laughs> sorry? Sorry. I don't, I don't know where that came from. That line to me seems a little odd because he never expressed he didn't have an automobile. It was pretty lame in that sense. I agree. Mm-hmm. Now, Peg's bed is filled with food. And some of the food you could see is Odie's, uh, Vivant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what these things are. Not one of them did I recognize. Oh, they're all made up TV foods. But Odie's, I think, are cereal in oh. this world. Odie's. Oh, okay. Like oat brand cereal? Like Garfield's friend. Not O-D. <laughs> Odie. Odie, did you eat my lasagne? <laughs> uh, it turns out Al bought the wave machine. <laughs> How surprised were you at that? Because he went from disregarding it, heading for the hills, and just wanting to leave altogether to coming home, and he's not going to get his socket set which is exactly the same price. Now, this wave machine thing, I typed in, you know, do wave machines make your baby smarter? And there's nothing on that. <laughs> like nothing at all. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, I'm wondering why this is important, how they made this important. Why would he think it's really essential I'm just trying to figure things out, man. I I commend you for it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing on why you'd have a wave machine. I think that stuff is only to put babies asleep. They're supposed to basically replicate the sounds that the baby hears and is comfortable with in the womb when they're in when they're in the amniotic fluid. Hmm. So that would make sense. Okay. And if you ever hear, like when someone gets goes to get an ultrasound and you ever hear it, it's like... Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's often the heartbeat, but then like in uh, other... You know, it's just, it's wet in there. So, you know, that makes sense. Plus white noise, you know, most people enjoy white noise of some kind when they sleep. I yeah, think there are some movie. people who... Michael Keaton. <laughs> there are some people who have to have complete silence but i am not one of those people nope 
I actually have an app. I have an app on my phone, a white noise app on my phone. Wow. What? I just I listen to podcasts all night long. I can't listen to anything with voices. I can't listen to music. I can't I can't have the TV on. I can't anything with voices will keep me awake. Remember the old eighties movies where like if you stayed up long enough and you woke up your TV was just white noise? <laughs> yeah, I don't have to remember the movies. I I lived that. <laughs> like you get to a point where nothing's on. Yeah, all the stations would sign off. Isn't that crazy? I can't even imagine trying to explain that to someone now. That right? Because because they're like, what are you talking about? Everything's on all the time. Uh, right. Exactly. There. Why would you ever have dead space? People are up at all hours. You know, uh, the unemployed, alcoholics. There is an audience at four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. But. You know, it, it does go back, though, to I've said this many times on the show before, but one of my favorite parts was uh, waking up to married with children in the morning. Oh, yeah. While man. I while I get to, while I'm getting ready to go to work like it. And there's so many jokes, too, where you don't have to be <laughs> incredibly invested in the plot <laughs> for Al making fun of Marcy to be hilarious. Like, and right. just getting dressed and hearing those things. Like, it's just like, it's just so stupid that like, it just <laughs> doesn't matter. It's such great background noise. Um, if anything, you know, and obviously that's not just what it is. It's a lot more. That's why we love this show. But even on that level, it's just so fun to have on in the background. Yeah, you don't have to make a full investment to enjoy this. So, you think that's the big payoff with this episode, that Al, he he actually did it. Not that any of us were wondering this, but, mm-hmm. mind you. But, apparently, we were all supposed to wonder if he would have got this. I wasn't. I was totally surprised when that bag was that. I, yeah, I wasn't even wondering. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, didn't cross my mind. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? But apparently that's what we were supposed to think. So he, he gets it, and it's a nice moment. Mm-hmm. And then you get the real payoff of this episode. You know, honey, the only reason I wanted this is so that at least one of our children would have every opportunity in life. I mean, you saw what not having one did for the other two. <laughs> <laughs> what a pair of misfits. <laughs> but you know, Peg, the baby's already got one up on the other two. He's already smarter than Kelly, and he's closer to a woman than Bud will ever be. (laughs) What a pair of losers. (laughs) Uh, Honey, are you sure that intercom is turned off? Sure, I'm sure it's off. There's an on switch and an off switch. Well, how dumb do you think I am? The baby's already smarter than Kelly <coughs> and closer to a woman than Bud will ever be. That was a great joke. <laughs> wow. I mean, God. Yeah. Which, no, though, was... is really inaccurate because Bud was just as close when he was in the womb. Right. Yeah, he already was that close, right. But we all know what Al meant. From He meant from here on in. Oh, yeah, it was still really funny. I'm just... Yeah. Um... <laughs> The only thing that tops that is that Bud's listening to this. And Kelly's listening. 
And the only thing that tops, because that's it's it's like a it's a joke that keeps going. The what this is supposed to be is the B side of them saying stuff and the three of them listening, Al Peg and Marcy, and now it's reversed where they're trashing the kids and they're listening. You know, it's a good B. It's a great B side, and the beauty of them just sitting there with these blank expressions looking at each other once in a while and not saying a word is the capper Mm -hmm. it's just that reaction is the best nothing they could have said as a response would ever top that moment of just sitting there dumbfounded and totally like just taken back like did you hear what dad just said about me he just (laughs) said i'm stupider than the baby right he just said i'll never even you know, there's nothing bet. There's nothing to be said. Right, <laughs> said it all that, right there. That, 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 yeah, right. That, that's that's com- That's great comment. That's what you call a mic drop. Right. There's nothing to be said. Right. Because it's it's just the truth too. <laughs> like, it's right? just so indicative of exactly what's going on. It's perfect. Perfect. Yep. Did you guess that the kids were listening while he first said that stuff? Yeah, I figured that was coming back around. It didn't dawn on me, but then as soon as yeah, I didn't think of it. Then again, I'm. But not when thinking. it happened, then it must have been amazing, right? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a nice callback to what happened earlier too. So yeah, it was it was good. I liked it a lot. Perfect. Yeah, their subtle reaction was just perfect. Yep. Whew! Wow, what a two-parter. We'll be right back. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. We all know Jamie is big on the significance of when episodes take place. So I want to hear how many dollars she's reluctantly releasing to a sexy pair of legs on a bar top table for this season opener two-parter she's having my baby at a five for this episode i will reluctantly give five dollars wow but one of them has a fishing line tied to it and i'm taking it right back so (laughs) legs gets to keep four foreshadowing and that's uh (laughs) i do really like this i think it has some really solid jokes i like the fact that we went to another location you know me and two-parters and we've had a lot of them and there are more coming (laughs) and it's 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 so weird but this one felt really tight i think what dan said about it moving very quickly is true and it just it goes at a fast clip and honestly i watched the initially i watched the two episodes back to back and it was almost like I was watching one episode. It went by so quickly. I, I still, overall, I think it's very funny, and uh, it makes me curious to see what's happening next. I mean, even though I already know. Right. Yeah. Nice. And 
I we're gonna go back to just rating these as one. I just you know I I just forget. I'm so excited about what we picked to rate five out of that I just keep going with it. For now one, I'm gonna prioritize the idea more that we don't do that. Out of uh, for this episode, I gotta tell you, man, four and a half out of five dollars reluctantly released to this uh, sexy pair of legs on a bar top table <laughs> because. I got to say, man, going into season six, I knew that the baby stuff kind of happened right away. And, you know, like I said, I don't I never really memorized seasons. I didn't think of it that way when I watched Married with Children. So but I did I did know that for some reason. I am not a major fan of baby humor or baby scenarios in any way. shape. Like, I, I'll never watch Look Who's Talking. I hate three men and a baby. I hate... Anybody know any other baby movies? Baby geniuses. I hate baby geniuses. <laughs> Three men and a baby. I, I'll hate that again. Look who's talking. I, I'll hate that again, right? Did you say those already? Yes. All I heard was, oh, no, I'm sorry. All I heard was she's having a baby. Oh, did I say that? She's going to be so Oh, maybe. I, well, what was I listening to just now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Either way, though. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so worth paying attention to. I'm telling no, you guys. I, I guess I miss her. Maybe when you said three men and a baby, I heard she's having a baby. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, uh... It's all good. But either way, I'm not a fan of baby stuff. I'm just not. I don't like to hear about it. And that has it's no reflection on the fact that I don't have a kid. It's It's probably just something else that I haven't pondered yet. But I just don't like baby humor or anything like that. So to me... When I thought of this season, I'm like half of an eye roller, and I know it's not like the whole season, but I'm like, yeah, well, can we just get through this part? And like, you know, let's not focus too much on this stuff. Right. You know, let's get to the show. You know, that's like, that's how I'm thinking. But I got to say, this is like, this beats you over the head with this stuff. And I love it. I thought it was great. I thought every single joke. Barring the ones we mentioned, were great. And that's 90% of them. Mm-hmm. I like the gag of the baby monitors. I love them going to the bus stop. I love everything that happened in the first part. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just struck me differently. I'm really okay with everything. I I know that I don't really have to deal with this for another five seasons either. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That may be something that is a secret nestled in my head comforting thing that I know that I'm okay, you know, because I know it's uh, temporary. So you think that knowing that you don't like baby stuff normally, um, you know, kind of trudging through all this stuff, it's it's not as bad as you thought? Not at all. Yeah. I know that there's this whole hail baby thing that's going to come up. And I remember I sort of was okay with it, sort of really don't want to hear about it. So I don't know how I'm going to feel about, like, the next, like, eight reviews or whatever. But right now I'm good mm-hmm. is all I could say. So I gave the last one, like, a four, and this is a 4.5. So this has been a great time. I don't think the golden years are over myself. So I'm excited to review the next few seasons. Uh, but before we uh, move on too far, of course, we have some sad news to close the show out. As you guys know, Jamie and I are big fans of Beverly Hills 90210, the show that ran from 
1990 to 2000, and we all got some very sad news Monday. Luke Perry did not survive his ordeal with his stroke he had earlier last week, and he passed away Monday. And it's a very sad time, especially for me. You know, not often does a character and actor come around that taps into the depths of you so much. I probably have five who did it out of the hundreds I've seen. And he was one of them. Um, He really shaped a lot of who I am, who I became. I was very young and impressionable in 94 when I got into the show. And um, this guy, this character, has been in my life for 25 years. Because now I'm 39. You know, I watch the show every year, I think, since then. Season 5 is the greatest ever, my opinion. And um, <clears throat> so I watched an episode to honor him, and I just didn't realize this line showed up in the episode. This was really hard to take. So they were doing a drug intervention for Dylan, and, and this is this was said on, the, on that show I watched on Monday night. You better get your head screwed on straight and fast. But you keep going like you're going, you're going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. You know, I appreciate this, all you guys getting together like this, but it's getting kind of ridiculous now, so I'm going. So obviously just watching him say those lines was really hard. Um, he died at 52 years old, like I said, Monday. Um, I just can't believe it. Someone that is just so, you just never thought Dylan McKay would be dead right now. It just seems so, it seems too close. It just, it's not so far removed that you would imagine him being gone at any point. They were, they're going to do a 9020 reunion where they get together. He said he'll be there as much as he possibly can, but he's doing the show Riverdale, so he doesn't know how often he can really show up. And, uh, now we know he never will. And I don't even know how to absorb all that. So, I guess in closing for the Luke Perry segment here, uh, this episode's dedicated to him. I'm going to play his final scene when he was supposed to originally leave 90210 and he was saying goodbye to Brandon. And we all thought it would be the last time he was ever on the show. But we were all lucky enough to have him return in 1998 and end the show out in 2000 after uh, Jason Priestley left the show. So, here's Dylan's goodbye. Uh, at that time. Hey, man. You going somewhere? Somewhere. Coming back? Maybe. Someday. Maybe not. I understand. I know you do. I guess.
So, you know, that means so much more now, watching it, as you can imagine. But uh, I don't want to end the show on a somber note. Uh, we love you, bro. You uh, Thank you for all you've done and all the people whose lives you changed and uh, only made better. Uh, so, guys, also, we want to thank new patrons of the show. We actually have people who are joining our Patreon because they want to start hearing our wrap-up shows. They want to start hearing the shows they haven't heard. Like Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, Steve Goodbye Show, etc., etc., all the video reviews Jerry does. They they said, listen, it's been a lot of them, so let's donate the five bucks and get all these shows that we've been missing. So here is a list of those people. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I know most people may not want their name uh, just said on... For all to hear, so I'll just say their first names. Uh, well, uh, one guy I could say is uh, Justin, the former co-host of the show, oh. is a patron of our show. Well, thank you, JP, and the place to be. Yeah, thanks, man. Really awesome. Don R, John M, <laughs> Marvin F, Melissa P, and Chris L. Wait, let me see. The napkin folded in half when I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) How do people listen to this? Oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Really glad that you decided to hop on our Patreon and are supporting the show, and we hope you like all this exclusive content. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Um, We try and make the exclusive content, uh, you know, a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Yep, very much appreciated. I mean, if you take the time to do something like that, it means that you find something desirable <laughs> in what we do. And so, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and honestly, guys, I need the money for the strip club. So, honestly, thank you. Yeah, these are all nudie bar dollars. <laughs> thank you. That chick will uh, stand in front of us for a couple seconds longer. I just hope none of our patrons have fishing line attached to their dollars. They better not. Wow, now I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, let me take back these thank yous. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we got to check for his fishing lines. No, but thanks, and we really do hope you enjoy the extra content. Uh, we put all of our effort, as you are hearing, into those just like we do anything else. Yeah, thank you guys. Tune in next week as we review If Al Had a Hammer. Al builds a private clubhouse to which he can escape. (laughs) (laughs) But he discovers there are many miserable fathers-to-be who wish to join him. So I take it Al's building a man cave and every dude wants to escape into that room and then something goes wrong. Sounds like a no-ma'am origin story to me. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to see Al's man cave and compare it to mine. Oh! <laughs> so, guys, we will see you next week. Peace.